Are you ready to learn about the Senior Center's favorite game? And would you send your kids to school in the woods with your random neighbor? Let's, Let's learn, learn a, a thing, thing or two. two. It is Tuesday. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back. We are here. We have topics. Two of them. It's early. Matt, we got to stop doing this podcast so early in the morning. Well, Thomas, you're you're up early on Tuesdays, earlier than the podcast. Yeah, but <laughs> I want to take a nap. <laughs> but I refuse to nap because the world needs to know about what I have to talk about. I need to know what you have to talk about, so teach me. Matt, today, you know, imagine you're at the carnival and you're chilling and all of a sudden you hear, bingo. Bingo. Oh, we're talking bingo. We're Classic talking game. bingo. Classic game. G- gambling, question mark? A little bit. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about bingo. Um, I had this topic planned for before our Christmas season. But you forgot it, right? But we forgot it. We didn't get the chance to record. So like it's been sitting on the back burner. And I wanted to come back to it because I was thinking again of bingo because recently we had a bingo night at Temple. I didn't oh. go, but I know some friends went. And I was like, oh, right. Do they do good prizes? They do very good prices. Yeah, Thomas, why don't we hit that up next time? We should. But let's get into what is bingo, or at least what did it start as? So it started in 16th century Italy, though some argued 16th century France. But essentially, it was a a weekly lotto that involved filling a square to win, like, a prize, win money. But it was treated as a lottery, so everybody had to buy in and then that money that was say like extra was then given to the government because they were they were strapped for cash so kind of like how the lottery is today benefits senior citizens right isn't that what it is in pennsylvania at least it's it's for the people so it's a popular game that was then played in America when like people moved over here. It was played at carnivals, and they used beans, where it got its nickname, Beano. Beano. So it wasn't bingo originally. It was it was always just like lottery type thing, and then it became Beano, and then it became bingo. It was the lottery type thing, but the the way they marked their numbers were, were with beans, and they weren't in the like B I N G O columns that we know. Was it B E? A N O? No, it was just a grid, grid of numbers. And you just had to get them across, probably, right? Yeah. So this is when our boy Edlin Eslo, he comes in. He's a toy manufacturer. He's strapped for cash in the 20s. And he's at a carnival and he hears someone win. And with their excitement, they yell, Beano. And he overhears it and he's, he's like, That's odd. He hears it wrong and he thinks, Bingo. Like, that's a pretty cool little slang term there right is that what he was thinking yeah he thought they were saying bingo instead of bino so he went with bingo instead hence why it was born now he didn't just like take the idea and run with it he kind of he wanted to turn it into something more marketable so he actually worked with mathematicians to create bingo cards of every possible number combination Ooh. which it's in reality that's the the all of the strategy that comes into the game because there's no strategy. All you're given is cards and it's a random gain of chance. Yeah. So it's really just the luck of the draw. Wow. Now each card is derived of a gambling. Fl- yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. For old people. But normally there's no buy in in a sense. Okay, yeah. But so like you're, if you're, you're at zero money, risk. Yeah. So well you are wasting your time. 
Yeah, okay. That's right. Gambling time. Opportunity cost. So each card is a 5 by 5 grid with numbers 1 through 75 with a free space in the middle. Oh, I didn't know it was through 75. Yeah. Interesting combo. I wonder why they did that. Just because that's how many number 1 through 75 times Well, each column has 15 possible numbers. So B has 1 through 15. Uh, I has... 26 through 30. Oh, so it's specific. So yeah. those columns can't have any other numbers but those selected ranges. No, and I didn't it's know that. for mathematical reasons because then it gives you a possibility of 55.2 times 10 to the 26th power possible number of combinations of cards. That's a lot. Which is, you ready for this? Yeah, try it. I wrote down, I practiced last night. Really? Five hundred and fifty-two septillion, four hundred and forty-six sextillion, four hundred and seventy-four quintillion, sixty-one quadrillion, one hundred and twenty-eight trillion, six hundred and forty-eight billion, six hundred and one million, and six hundred thousand possible combinations. So true. Yeah, take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> so the true bingo. The odds of only winning once with one set of numbers. It will happen once, and it will rarely happen again, right? It is based on, like, the probability to win is – that's just a probability. That's how many cards there can be that are different. So they might have, like – the most they can get is, like, all the rows but one number is different. Yeah. But that's still significant. That's a That can be a bingo or not a bingo. Yeah. But since there's such a large diversity that – the game of chance is just amplified with all the different possible because if you own a set of bingo cards you will never have all septillion possible combinations ever ever so there will be games of bingo that can go really long and like even if all the cards are in play that doesn't guarantee anything because it's still a game of chance yeah now i was doing research on bingo there's um there's this weird game of bingo that like it's called there's like if you go on wikipedia and you look up bingo there's some crazy variations there's called like pick em up bingo which is they get a bunch of cards and they mark what cards they they mark which numbers they want to track so i think of it like roulette like yeah. you keep track of these numbers and then you play bingo with it yeah there's facebook bingo which is on facebook and it has like weird power-ups there's horse racing bingo which 15 players randomly issue a number one through 15 corresponding to the top row of bingo and like it's just a bunch of bunch of things there's electronic bingo there's death bingo do you die if you don't (laughs) not quite you play bingo in reverse that you have all the cards and then once you get a bingo you're knocked out of the game oh reverse bingo okay easy easy concept i'd play that but to the death like people have been playing bingos everywhere i mean schools play it retirement home plays it churches play it yeah i mean there's fundraising events in philly universities yeah philly has a big uh gay bingos event that they do yeah my mom went to it last year that's awesome i was just gonna say so many bingo events happen like in our our hometown at the fair over the summer yeah. they play bingo and and for years i was like ah oh, it's like a crusty bingo game all the senior citizens are going going down there but thomas in reality they're probably winning some cash prizes yeah. why aren't we down there i mean vegas even has bingo and like buenos aires all these major places because like bingo they're in a sense you could have bingos that games it's like if you'd like to play bingo 
five dollars to to enter and play and then but also that can be five dollars to enter and play that then goes to charity because bingo is not playing bingo isn't costing anyone anything <laughs> yeah 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 so just time like you said just that's time. why it's used for great like donations and everything and now there's a lot of taboo things when it comes to bingo though it's like you like no nos well first off you don't say the word bingo while playing bingo unless you have a bingo that's just like I, i'm not playing i'm playing b-i-n-g-o is that what yeah. you would say because you if, say, you, if you're saying bingo. bingo while playing that means you win yeah and if you don't winning. have one bad looks yeah, don't want that on your yeah, conscience it's bothering everyone but there's like i don't i don't i don't know about you you play bingo like you really go into bingo because i don't go into bingo. i've never been in a, a true bingo one through 75 because normally in school they do like a modified version of it you know well there's some crazy terminology in these bingo halls really i wanted to hit you with some of these well first we were just talking about jumping the gun that is Early. one who calls bingo with an invalid bingo little premature bingo <laughs> now there's something called wild numbers which many bingo halls have a certain certain games that will have a wild number and wild numbers allow bingo players to start start with multiple called numbers so like they can do more numbers than one thing huh. i don't know huh. wild it's not an untamed number in the wild there's another bingo. thing for so jumping the gun is when you say bingo but you find out you don't have a bingo um, false alarm or just practicing is a term when one calls bingo but is mistaken and it could just be misheard mishearing the caller call or stamping the wrong number or someone falsely believes that they have a bingo huh it, you know oh the the actual st- marker stamper things i see old people with them playing yeah. hardcore bingo and they have like four boards in front of them and they like mark it meticulously well, at, at the as of, they play at the end of this since there's so many combinations you buy a bunch of cards and then when you finish the match you just toss the card yeah with so many combinations of cards it's like you don't need to use the same card over and over again you probably finish the card and you toss it yeah i feel like we're an outsider in the bingo the bingo biz. Yeah, we got to get in on this. I, I just want to win some prizes. I I really want to go. I didn't hear about the Temple Bingo Night, but I uh, I would absolutely yeah, go they, to that. Yeah, they were giving away, I think, in the beginning of the school year, they were giving away, like, a MacBook and, like, a Nintendo Switch. Like, I would love a Switch, Thomas. And it's a game of chance. That's all it is. Yeah, let's go test our luck, you know? We can't do the casinos, but we can no. definitely play some bingo. Almost. Almost casinos, Thomas. But that's what I have for our good old B-I-N-G-O. Bean, it used to be Beano. It used to be Beano. I think weird. we should go back to the original ways. No, is it owned by like Hasbro or something? I feel like it might be. Yeah, well, the guy, um, he, um, he probably sold it to make some good money. Oh, yeah. And the name. Now, when you buy Bingo, you probably have to buy it from a company to send you the correct I mean, things. Right? Hypothetically, I don't think Bingo, based on its history, I don't think Bingo is copyrighted. Because, I mean, really all it is, it's a random number generator in cards. Yeah. And that's why it's so widely used. Could you imagine if someone copyrighted bingo and you couldn't play bingo at, like... You can't say it. Yeah. You get sued if you say it. So I do not think it is um is copyrighted. But, like, in a sense, it's just like the lot. It's still essentially like the lottery. You have balls that have numbers on it. I mean... uh. The lottery Powerball, it's those spinning yeah, balls and they pop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, yeah. 
in a sense that's just bingo but you're hoping that your your card it's a, like playing bingo but you have one straight line <laughs> yeah and a million different possibilities so yeah i'm gonna play bingo now yeah, i would love definitely to play win a nintendo switch by chance just by chance you know i've i've done some raffles in the past and i've lucked out with raffles i feel like my luck is pretty good when it comes to to raffle type type digs mm, i once won uh an xbox in a raffle wow that's a big prize i want a snorkel set one time Ooh, pretty random i want a surfboard one time well that was see cool. that's something that you probably were all about yeah yeah that was that was a very prized day yeah that was in probably my, in my a life. very good day that was my peak right there Wow. Okay. So we got to track when when Temple's doing another bingo night. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to uh, hit hit the bingo hall and see what's going on. The bingo hall down at the local senior center. I feel like anyone can go down to the senior center and play bingo. You can just pretend like, oh, I'm Judith's grandson. I'm, <laughs> I'm just waiting I'm for her. my grandma. And then they're like, son, are you still waiting for your grandma? I'm like, oh, she's uh, dead in the. That was a bad joke. But <laughs> I feel like we could go places and win, Thomas, and then leave. I'm sure. Someone will let us play bingo with them. It's a fun game. Like like we said, it's a game of chance. You never know. No guaranteed techniques, you know. But unless if you rig the game. Rig rig the bingo numbers. That's you're a big in bingo with the no, caller. No. This is this topic reminds me of our pinball topic, which was an excellent episode, and Thomas and I have since played bingo. Or I'm sorry, pinball. played pinball. And they had other games there. And I feel like bingo kinda sits in that category of classic games. Yeah, I would say that. It's yeah, not a I mechanical it's, game. It's not, it's not quite, but it still fits in that era of when you think like arcade and pinball yeah. and there's someone playing bingo. It just like reminds me. Although, as we have learned, pinball is a game of skill. Pinball is a game of skill, unlike bingo, which is a game of chance. I keep on almost saying Beano now. I have Beano stuck Maybe in my Maybe we should head. call it Beano because pay tribute to the original. Beano. Beano. Some, that's what you say at the fair. <laughs> if someone said Beano behind me, I'd be like, is there a taco truck? <laughs> Where's the beans? Where are the beans? All right. But that's what I have for bingo. Let's uh, let's move on and see what do you got for me, Matt. So, Thomas, I guarantee you you went through part of this topic that I'm about to talk about. Kindergarten. You oh, went yeah, kindergarten. I went there. Did you go one year, two years? One year kindergarten. One year, same. So we might have even been in the same kindergarten class. I don't know. Good old General Wayne, right? General Wayne, I don't know if we were in the same kind. I was a, I was afternoon kindergarten, morning kindergarten. What was I? I, I can't, forget. I can't remember. It was a but while what, ago. But what were you like? What brings you to kindergarten now? Well, I want to talk about kindergarten as a whole, but more specifically, forest kindergarten. Have you ever heard of forest kindergarten? Is that like just having kindergarten in the woods? Yes, outdoor kindergarten, or it, it falls under a category of outdoor school. It's kind of, it's not necessarily a trend as, as I'll get into the history, but people are realizing in modern days that putting kids outside in nature for those fundamental classes might be extremely beneficial compared to in class with technology, distractions, everything. Yeah, you know, get the kids into the woods, play with the bees and butterflies. The bees and butterflies, you know, it might be dangerous though, as we'll get into. So the reason I kind of fell into this was I uh, started a child development class for teaching specifically, and I was doing some research online, and a video came up about forest kindergarten, and it was in the um, kind of like Danish 
countryside and then they go up into like Norway although that whole region is kind of really into this and and they've been into this historically so I found this video about forest kindergarten and it shocked me I was like these kids are like little elves running through the woods it, and Danish elves Danish elves I I don't know if they the video it was like an Australian um what's the like the dateline is that what it's called the news whatever um, oh the, the new, specials the news work channel we in America we have that news special Dateline NBC NBC ABC oh whatever yeah, it is. yeah yeah you know it was the equivalent but it was an Australian news channel and it was really cool I don't know if they wanted to make it seem like this was like a fantastical thing like a fantastical venture into education like or if it was just trying like to bash it yeah trying to bash it or not I couldn't tell I'm not trying to bash it because I saw it was a very cool thing and it makes me wish that I went to forest kindergarten all right let me although. Know what- it makes me wonder other things like would I have learned to type because I remember in kindergarten we had a little bit of typing I think on the yeah, computers. Well, you, they started us out young like hating those computers and like getting those yeah. tactile skills. They had those old Macs. Do you remember that? Yes. Well, There's these, like a small row of them. Yeah. And they were like the blue see-through plastic ones. Yeah. Those were the good days, Thomas. But forest kindergarten today. We're not inside anymore. We're outside. So, originally, the word kindergarten comes from the German um, meaning, literally, garden for the children. Kinder, kids, you know, garden, garden. So, the kids would run around in a garden. So, that's not too far off from preschool. Or like, it's like pretty outdoor. close. Yeah, it's pretty close. So, it's a, pre- it's a preschool educational approach based on playing, singing, practical activities such as drawing and social interaction as part of a transition from home to school. So, right away, I can see, like, okay, you can get all those things outside, right? Maybe not like the the tactile, like we were just saying. So it was actually created in the late 18th century in Bavaria and Strasbourg to serve children whose parents uh, both worked outside home. So when there was no one to sit the the kids and watch them, the kids would go off to school. Kindergarten. They'd throw them in the garden, you know, with with a single chaperone. Um, A pedagogue, they would call call it, like a teacher, you know. So the term was coined by the German uh, Friedrich Froebel, and his influence influenced early years education around the world. So it started out in that region, and then it went out into the world. People were like, oh, I don't want my kids at home while I'm working, you know, throw them out into the wilderness, you know. So it kind of originally started outside. So in 1979, Johann Frederick Oberlin and Louise Schepler founded in Strasbourg an early establishment for caring and for educating preschool children whose parents were absent. About at the same time in 1780, similar infant establishments were established in Bavaria and the early 1800s. Um, Princess Pauline Zerlip established a preschool center in Detmold, the capital of then the Principality of Lip, Germany, um, which is now in the state of North Rhine-Westphalia. So that whole region was kind of influential in starting global education. So before that, I can't even imagine what kids were doing. Do you think they were just running around the street uh, selling newspapers or something? What year was this again? Early 1700s to the early 1800s, so like a hundred year span, it started up. Oh, they were probably taking care of the animals at that point. Like you're right, they're probably on the farms and stuff. It's, I think we're going to come into that when you start talking about uh, a little bit more about this forest kindergarten. But if you think about it, back then, uh, life was a life was <laughs> life was different, dude. Yeah. Um, like you had there were kids not for the sake, kids were free labor in a sense yeah that's an Um, interesting way to look at it they were working on the farm so like maybe more the elite and the people working more like the lawyers and the smiths and all that 
maybe they're too busy, but I can imagine the more rural fam- families, those kids are outside doing it. But mm-hmm. I feel more into like moving into these urban settings of like education, starting it off. Yeah. I feel like that's where like kindergarten really really thrive in those yeah. years. Yeah, I agree. You're you're so right when you say parents. Yeah, they would have kids because free labor. That sounds awful, but it's absolutely it's true. Pretty because true, yeah. looking ahead, those kids. I mean, university education wasn't really a thing. You know, people could go train under people back then and learn skills, but that doesn't guarantee anything. It wasn't like investing in the future, more or less, right? I mean, it was carrying on a lineage, right? I guess kids are investing for the future. <laughs> for a specific task, I guess, back then. Yeah. Now, now we're kind of like, I don't know, we have potential, right? Yeah, I think I have. A different extent potential. of potential. I guess they had potential too back then. It's, it, it's really interesting to think about so, no school so do are are there people nowadays who are like let's send the kids back into the woods so yeah that's this whole movement now and we're seeing it even in america and and i'll get into um some modern schools not just in kindergarten but upper levels that focus on a non-traditional schooling approach so a forest kindergarten is a type of preschool education for children between the ages of three and six that is held almost exclusively outdoors. So that means by the point they get to the kindergarten and they leave, they haven't gone inside once except to use the bathroom, you know? I don't know if any schools are like, you have to use the bathroom outside, kids, but... So that's uh, that's pretty ex- a pretty extreme start Thomas, already. Thomas, the video I watched, and I, we can link it um, with everything. The video was literally kids, they had to bundle up because they said the temperature, it was, they were obviously talking about Celsius. They said it was three degrees Celsius, which is just above freezing. So these like five-year-old kids. So it's cold. I assume it's all year round. Yeah, it's year round. It's It's not like a a seasonal school term, you know? I I feel like it's great in the, like the summer and the spring and the fall, but having, like, imagine right now, like today here in Philly, it's windy, it's cold, and imagine, like, these five-year-old kids outside having Imagine fun. dropping your kid off at school with, like... In the woods. In the woods with, like, gloves and a hat and, like, don't get wet, stay dry, and, and you know, huddle behind a tree with your friend. <laughs> That's a little bizarre, right? It's it's a fantastical thing. It's, like, kind of like a movie. It's like you're watching The Hobbit or something and little elves run around. See, I feel like that's something that's mo- a more of a, a local school thing because, like... I almost feel like it defeats the purpose if you drive your kid to school and then you end up dropping them off in the woods. It's another thing if, like, the kids, they walk to school. Like, in this these small Danish towns, I imagine yeah, that they yeah. walk, like, they all get together and they all walk to class. Yeah. With the chaperone, like, the They're chaperone a group. picks up kids. Yeah. I was expecting the, it's all, there was only, like, one teacher with the one class with the video, and I was shocked. I, I would be like, no, there should be, like, an adult in the back to make sure they're okay. Because these are, like, Ages three to six, you know? I will say, I'm sure these kids are fiercely more independent than any other child. Well, that's that's what research is showing, that they become more adapt at, at um, hand-eye coordination. They climb trees. There was a video of a boy at the top of, like, a 50-foot pine tree, and they interviewed the parent at the end of the day, and they're like, did you know what your kid was doing today? She's like, no. And they're like, well, he climbed a tree up, and it was, it was pretty high up there. And she was like, oh, I don't want to know about that because I don't want to know – the risk that they're taking but i completely trust the teacher the pedagogue and the interviewer was like really like you don't want to know what happens to your kids at school and she's like no i have enough trust and that's the idea of of these nations 
Um, this goddamn Australian news network getting all nosy and people. Yeah, they were from, they were shutting it what down. What is this? <laughs> it was like a sh- it was like kind of that. It's gotcha. like a slam piece. Yeah, like. it was like a slam piece basically, and I was like, okay, don't don't slam it just yet. I understand it's dangerous. At one point, they gave the kids knives to whittle sticks. And obviously, they probably did it for the camera. They took the youngest and smallest kids and gave them the biggest knives, you know? Not that that's not part of the curriculum, per se. As much as I want to say, yo, kids should just do, like, kids, they should all hang out, like, <laughs> three-year-olds with knives. Whittling just whittling. whittling. They were whittling spears, too, which kind of I think made of, me like, <laughs> nine-year-old me who, like, got a pocket knife and then, like, literally within a few minutes after I got it, I slit my finger open. Yeah, I like think, I think we've all had that experience. You know? Yeah, I've got a couple. All the scars on my hands have all come from a pocket knife. The teacher specifically said about the whittling. He was like, "the the kids learn that knives are tools and not weapons." I'm like, "Yeah, but you can't you can't hold back outside influence either. If if they see something well, on thing, a if, video game if or you something, get these kids so young, three, four, five, six, like these young kids, like." that is their first exposure yeah probably they and you can shape them from there they know knives are for eating and for whittling sticks not for stabbing your enemies in the back alley <laughs> yeah so in a sense they've almost what's good about this i'd say is in a time where like if you have the kids inside and it's more like more modern day schools it's like I keep on thinking of Fortnite and like these preschoolers playing, doing these Fortnite dances, which is like implying that they've been playing this game, which is like, but instead, kids in the woods, it's like, what's their reference? It's like they're in nature. It's that's what kind of shapes them, and I think it builds probably more of an independence. I'd yeah. Say. So there's that common expression. Did you? What did you grow up under a rock? You know. Yeah. And what's What's wrong with that? That's that's my question. Is there anything wrong with growing under a rock up in these modern times with everything moving so fast? That's the idea of Walderkinden. That's the German term for outdoor nursery or nature kindergarten. It's not kindergarten. It's Walderkinden, you know? The only concern I have is it's cold in the winter, mm-hmm. and it's cold up there. The kids in the video were hopping through puddles. The teacher was jumping in a puddle, and they would walk in a line, kind of like elves. Hopping through the, I keep saying elves. I'm sorry, but they keep going through the through the woods in a line. And I'm the, thinking the, more the teacher, like the seven dwarves. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly with music playing. You know, they hop in a puddle. Everyone hopped in a puddle. I'm like, they got wet in the cold. And the the teacher at one point was like, yeah, the kids learn how to be tough and just like last through the cold all day. What you know, which I don't <laughs> think is very healthy. A- but I understand that it can. Little things like that, the idea of being outside all day and not having the luxury of taking your jacket off can make you tough. Oh, yeah, these are going to be some tough kids, that's for sure. But I think it's all about balance, Thomas. I don't think we should strictly raise young, formidable minds in the wilderness without modern things. Otherwise, it's going to be a big shocker once they get to things. That's why you need to integrate both sides maybe like half the year is an outside session in the warm Look, weather that's why that's why we have summer camp man you send yeah. the kids to summer camp when they're young and you know they do that that's that's fine they're yeah. not gonna freeze in the woods no you don't have to worry about that and there's plenty of camp counselors out there here there's one running the seven dwarves the classes were pretty big there was a ton of kids they slid down this hillside at one point and they got super muddy is it like 20 kids yeah probably like 20 to 30 kids 20 
like kindergarten kids. Yeah, they're little kids, like real little kids, and they're bundled up in these like snow pants and stuff. So they they're wearing the correct gear. I guess they know in these countries, you know. In America, it's kind of unheard of, but there are schools popping up. I have a friend that went to a school out um, here in Pennsylvania, kind of in a more rural area, and it was an untraditional schooling curriculum where they would have classes like knitting class. They would have nature classes outside, you know, and there was a farm across the street. They would, you know, go over to the farm, you know, pretty, pretty strange, but they still had the basic PA state guidelines to follow you know right yeah there are rules law the law says you have to meet certain requirements and that's what it's all about with little kids these days in schools meeting the test requirements for state testing you know to get funding and all that with these little kids it's like making them test so early it's like just maybe just throw them in the woods just throw them in the woods you know (laughs) not alone obviously i just had a thought i forgot my thought oh here's my thought there's a there's a bunch of these schools popping up. It's not hard to establish your own kindergarten kind of daycare. You have to obviously have your clearances with children and stuff, and then you have to get it recognized by one of these associations, and then you can be a forced kindergarten. Essentially, what it was, like you said, the kids can walk to school to make it a convenient uh, like local thing. A lot of times it was just like a local person in the area that wasn't working was like, oh, I can watch your kids while you're working. And that's that's what started like the first pedagogue teacher or like master of the woods kind of. Right. I'm free. I'll watch your kids. Yeah, I'll watch your kids. Uh, I don't have much to do. We're just going to walk around the woods and play, you know? Yeah. The idea of in the woods too, the kids do know modern things like playgrounds and stuff. So then they go up to a log and they're like, oh, it's a playground. They think the log is a playground and they'll climb on the log and well, stuff. I'm sure these kids aren't like they don't spend their whole lives in the woods. Like they do go home to families. Yeah. And, and the one family, they interviewed the mother and she's like, I am all for this. She said, we know it's a problem when our kids come home and all they want are the iPads. So they obviously know what iPads are and stuff. You know? Like I wouldn't say they're completely secluded from society. I would just say they're not getting their numbers and letters like you and me did. Mm-hmm. They're getting more, I don't know, knife training and tree climbing knife skills. Knife training. So it's like they still are getting an education of sorts, but like where we get a jump start on, like, we, I remember kindergarten is spelling and letters. Beginning of spelling and beginning of letters. And it's like kind of the beginning of the building blocks. Mm-hmm. But. Like kindergarten, I'm. Is kindergarten optional? No, you. I think Preschool you have is to optional. Go. Kindergarten yeah. is not optional. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's something. It's not 100% necessary, but like the real stuff only kicks off later, like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. Like, you can spell three letter words and like draw a square in like kindergarten. Yeah. But like, I'm pretty sure these kids in the woods are learning stuff as well. And, I mean, like, it would be one thing if it's, like, oh, it's, like, a sleepaway school, a boarding school, mm-hmm. that these five-year-old kids are away from their families, like, You're specifically in the woods. going to do something yeah. instead of, like, an everyday, yeah. So, it's not that bad. It's just different. It's different. You know, different is fine. It really is. Yeah. The, the one thought I had, I was, like, what are these kids, like, where are their phones if they're getting wet and cold and muddy? I'm, like, wait a minute. These are kids. They don't have phones. They don't know what it's like to always be connected yet and i wonder if they'll grow up to be different than me and you and i where we think like oh we have to have our phone 24 7 like we're not going to go anywhere without our phone i don't think a kid before the age of 10 needs a phone anyway no no like once you get into like school like middle school and like 
obviously high school you probably have one but like middle school you start to be a little bit more independent you start to do especially like after school sports mm-hmm. is definitely long, when yeah. like the phone becomes more because you are no longer like always just you're either school or home there's now other possible yeah you're not always supervised yeah point is, yeah i agree phones aren't needed before like middle school if they need to reach you just you know call the teacher or whatever yeah but yeah that idea of them growing up differently the kids having different values it's i'm very curious to see and i'm wondering if we're going to kind of shift toward a trend of untraditional schooling types as our generations kind of adapt differently because i talked to a lot of my teacher friends who are working with kids now and they're like no these kids like they don't know anything all they know is Fortnite and and all these games digital stuff they they're losing these tactile skills and it's a it's a weird like, scary thought to think i tried about. to think it's like was i playing video games in kindergarten nothing like Fortnite. I no think not at all that's that's something completely new i think probably like pokemon in like first grade maybe mm-hmm. and like um maybe uh i would always play uh i think the sonic game on the gamecube i don't know what that is but like i remember playing that did you have one in kindergarten you think no my friend had one and like i would go to his house before kindergarten i think i think is what we did i don't know Hmm. but i wouldn't be like playing Fortnite at like five yeah Fortnite. Fortnite is not a five-year-old player game i'd say (laughs) thing is five-year-olds are playing it well, five-year-olds also have iPhones, and like you see, five-year-olds also. I saw a five-year-old at Deadpool when I saw it. Not the not the PG one, PG thirteen one, but like the R one. Like I saw a little in the theater. Yeah, like I saw opening night, and like while walking out, I saw a dad, like his older son, and then like the, their little like ten-year-old, nine-year-old. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in that movie. <laughs> but yeah. hey, that I'm not saying that it's lazy to put your kids like on a computer to keep them entertained. Uh, I would want to do the same thing, but I think the idea of like raising the youths to be like effect, like super intelligent and stuff. I think that involves a little work other than digital distraction. Yeah. Maybe we should just have the kids. balance. Maybe we should just have the kids play bingo instead. Yeah. Have them play bingo games, learn about principles of of gambling early (laughs) gambling and chance. You know, that's, that's the real stuff we need to teach these kids. My last note, on the 3rd of May, from 2018 and on, it was officially established as the International Day of Forest Kindergarten. So we can celebrate on the 3rd of May again this year. So, like, the last day of school? Yeah, pretty much. Forest Kindergarten starts. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, it's still in session. But, yeah, think about it. I don't know. Should you put our kids out? Should we put our kids outside? I don't know. But if you guys have any opinions our listeners <laughs> let us know i'm curious to see what you guys think especially since i know who listens to this all of you people you lovely lovely people i want to hear what you guys think about forest kindergarten and yeah, if you would know. send your kids there but i think that's what we have for this week right yeah two topics two topics Hitting, yeah bingo and forest kindergarten another interesting mix but Always, always love a good, good variety. But I guess we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, join us for another Two Topics. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosevere. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. 
For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.